This is Kopio with CISO Podcast with a brand new episode. Today, we have a truly special guest joining us, Benny Azwar, as I like to call him Benny. As the Chief of Security Risk Consulting at Nexagate, Benny has been at the forefront of information security risk and compliance in Malaysia. He has helped countless organizations implement best practices and achieve ISO 27001 certification. His expertise extends to a wide range of areas including ISMS, BCMS, Cybersecurity Framework Consulting and DLP Consulting. Not just that, Benny has been a pioneer in developing frameworks for cyber resilience and technology risk management for the banking and financial services. Always putting his clients first, his empathetic approach has made him a trusted consultant. Today, we'll be tapping into his extensive knowledge as we decode the evolution, adoption, and future of ISO 27001. So sit back, grab your cup of kopi o, and let's get started. Welcome to the show, Benny. Thank you, Shiva. Pleasure to host you. Now, let's get started. Tell me about yourself. Explain how you got into cybersecurity and what do you do now? Me, myself, uh, I'm actually came from engineering background. Uh, I'm holding masters in communication engineering and also a degree in microwave and communications engineering. Uh, for the first nine years uh, after graduated, I've been involved in the uh, research and development. And also consultation work in the specific field of RF and communications. I started my journey in cybersecurity back in 2013 uh, after coming back from completing my uh, masters uh, from UK. Initially offered me aiming to leverage my experience in R&D in the intention to explore potential solutions in cybersecurity. Uh, however. Upon joining team in a limited knowledge of uh, cybersecurity, I started to learn and equip myself uh, with the knowledge uh, required within the field. At that point, somehow I built my passion in advisory and consultancy for the area of information security governance, uh, what we known as ISOs. Now here, uh, me myself currently holding uh, as a chief of uh, security risk compliance. At Netsagets Nambahat, I oversee and strategize uh, the service delivery related to the information security and risk compliance consulting, providing uh, the consultancy for the ISO standard, the ISMS, ISO 27001, the ITSMS, BCMS, DLP, RMIT and many more related how I come about into service security. Right. Very interesting that you mentioned you started off with engineering. And for the benefit of the listeners, uh, Benny and I went to the same university. He did microwave uh, engineering. I did telecommunication engineering. Looks like both of us are accidental cybersecurity professional, Benny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So the topic of the day is about ISO 27001. Really to pick your brain, uh, given your expertise in that space. So first, for the benefit of those listeners who are not yet familiar with ISO 27001, could you please explain the key differences between ISO 27001 and ISO 27002 and when to use each of them? The, the main difference between 001 and 002 is 001 referring to what, 002 referring to how. So right. 001 referring to what is the requirements, 002 referring to how is the code of practice. So normally client being certified towards ISO 27001. That's where the specific requirements listed within the standard need to be complied by the organization. But how to implement the best practices of the information security and cybersecurity, that's where those practices being 
referred within 27002. It's about what and right very well explained and also to conclude what you just mentioned uh, 001 is the document that you use to get certified and yes. 002 helps you in getting the certification yes. right so now we know that ISO published a new version of the standard in 2022 almost 9 years after the 2013 publication do you think that 9 years is little too long in the information security domain which rapidly evolved having said that i'm keen to pick your brain on how has the 2013 version of the standard has remained relevant and how have organizations kept the certification aligned with the changing security practices having said about 9 years i think within our current life we are actually losing 3 years due to covid <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah so Uh, normally, the standards uh, related to ICE uh, have a life cycle of revision uh, five to eight years. So, right. to certain unprecedented event that happened within our current life, which is COVID, we lost our three years. So, uh, in in actual, the the standard should be published uh, away before uh, before okay. COVID enters the world pandemic. But having said that, nine years, yes, it, it is a very long. Period. However, uh, currently the the release of the new standard it seems like at the right timing, taking into account the uh, readiness of the current organisation that are recovering from COVID, and now still implementing on the version 2013. The latest version um, of the standard published in October 2022 have been made public and readily to be implemented by any organization globally this this standard is not straight away totally taken out the previous version 2013 uh, but however this version 2022 is part of the we could say as a continuous improvement following the emergence of the uh, landscape of the security threats and mm. issues uh, the most important thing what being uh, aiming for the current new standards uh, previously on 2013 the focus only on the information security but on 2022 version focusing on the information security plus cyber security plus privacy that, that okay. that's the beauty of the current Uh, version of 2022. Right. Really interesting to know that ISO has taken their time to ensure that the new version covers every aspect of the evolution of the information security space, right? Like you mentioned, the broader information security, cybersecurity, privacy, and whatnot. The The life cycle of that five to six years, there's something that I never knew. And yeah, so I also didn't consider COVID. So I suppose COVID really lengthened the issuance of the 2022 Uh, version. So yeah. now let's switch gear and talk about the changes in 2022, right? Could you please help to break it down? What has changed in 2022 compared to 2013 and how can organizations align their practices or get ready for the 2022 version of the uh, certification? I mean, the 2022 version is still alien to me. Even in my current role, I'm just about to start the implementation. But I did briefly on the changes and I can quote a few of the changes. I think, if I'm not mistaken, there are 11 new controls in total. Threat intelligence, information security for cloud services, ICT readiness for business continuity, physical security, blah, blah, blah. Why do you think that ISO decided to add these new controls? As per mentioned previously, the 
previous perspective in 2013 where the standard being released back then looking into the perspective only on the uh, information security as a as a totality uh, now the emergence of other iso standards uh, with respect towards the uh, privacy especially uh, the pii looking into the cyber security trends that happening uh, worldwide and then it involved mostly about the privacy our pii especially so hence the standard being relooked back again uh, to cater on those two new perspective so that comes those new 11 uh, controls uh, the, the one that i could uh, as as you mentioned uh, related to the technology the the ti threat intelligence mm. the data masking the dlp data leakage uh, the web filtering, secure coding, even the physical security monitoring is part of the new controls uh, within the, the, the new standards. Uh, but having said that, on the previous version of 2013, compared to current version 2022, the high-level structure of the standard remain the same. Still remain on 10 clauses and having the NXA, uh, minor changes within the clauses, uh, especially on the clause 6.3, uh, related to the planning of changes. Normally, when people talk about changes, people talk about the operations. People do not talk about, look into the totality of changes within the organization. The change of, for example, the change of the sea level, the, the restructuring of the organization. The, these are part of the changes that happen on the organization level. But then other new control within the Annex A, the 11 new controls being added by not deducting any of the previous control, which is those 114 from the previous standards still being remain, being merged and then being crammed into the new standard 2022 and then plus another 11 new controls even though in version 2022 the nxa listing of controls are more lesser which is 93 compared to previous version uh, which are uh, 140 controls to give the perspective uh, a lesser number uh, that, mm. that what I call, uh, give a good perspective on the implementation side but none of the control being omitted from the previous standard but then being enhanced and then being added a new one. Hence, uh, even though 93 ineffective, it is a, a larger number compared to 114 in the previous standards. Um, and then the domain itself, uh, if we look into the current standards, previous standard, it looks into the 14 domains uh, as what we are familiar with uh, previously on the version 2013. On the newer version, uh, it makes the standard much more simpler for the implementer looking into only four categories or four teams looking into the organizational itself looking into people looking into the technology and then they added another perspective which is physical there are only four categories compared to 14 domains a reduction hence people will get traction uh, within uh, this current new standard. Right. The key word that I picked up was change or changes, right? And generally, people don't like changes. So, <laughs> But then again, what the standard is really doing is trying to catch up with technology and align with the new and emerging security practices, right? And also, yeah. you mentioned that organizations are likely 
have the controls implemented already, right? If they are certified again, say the 2013 version. And yeah. and also, I gather, given all these changes, the reduction, the increase in scope, I suppose probably ISO's intention to make it easier for companies with existing 2013 version certification to transition into the 2022 version, right? Uh, so, yeah. so I, I suppose it's not really about reinventing the wheel, but really about continuing what's been already put in place and work on the new controls that likely are already put in place. And and yeah. in the last nine years, many things has also evolved, right? Like for instance, the emergence of RMIT, PDPA, Highly likely, these companies, even though they were only certified with ISO 27001 of the 2013 version, they would have somehow adopted some of these best practices from the likes of RMIT and PDPA. So putting all your points together, I am thinking that it may not be as difficult as you know people fear to transition from 2013 to 2022 version. Or even for the new organization that thinking about, you know, getting the 2022 version certification, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Even on yeah. the uh, 2022 version, when the standard being revised by the working group, uh, they they are looking into integrating across global. Okay, if I could take one of the the new control that being looked into is about the the famous one is about the TI people talking about TI threat intelligence. It, it is about the information about the threat, analyze them about the unknown. What is your external? So uh, and how you need to ensure that you need uh, take appropriate mitigation. Now let's move on to the next question that I have. Is there a timeline that companies with existing 2013 certification that they must for the existing company that already certified within 2013 version, they've been given three years transition period, which is ended in end October, which is the standard. Uh, version 2013 will be sunset. Uh, any organization that are being certified to version 2013 have an option to choose at any point of time from now uh, up until end of October 2025 undergone the surveillance or undergone the uh, recertification. So the question is that uh, which is the best time for them to have their their transitions. Uh? That, that that's the the critical timing that need to be choose by the organizations. But the timeline is uh, it is actually from the publisher standard, which is in October 2022, up until end of October uh, 2025. So I suppose it requires proper planning, and there is also need for the certified organizations to speak with the certification body beforehand. Given you know certification bodies uh, take quite different approaches when it comes to conducting audits, right? Yeah. Uh, once you have the plan in place, it is all about execution and implementation of the new controls. I may also think that companies may need to do a bit of a spring cleaning uh, of their current ISMS, given the ISMS likely been around for some time, and yeah. given the new controls added and also streamlining of some of the like you know 2013 controls as you mentioned, right? I'm sure companies need to update their SOA statement of applicability, risk assessment, internal audit program to include uh, the new controls and etc. Yeah, and also to add on to that is that this is also where the companies have to look at what controls that they have in place, uh, what could be potentially merged to, together. Because I was told, and even you also mentioned earlier, there is opportunity to significantly reduce. The paperwork, given you know the controls are merged and reduced, 
And I, for one, is a strong proponent of keeping things simple. For example, I hate to see a company's policies that run pages and pages, and yeah. then no one read the the company policies. Uh, I I really think the policies shouldn't be more than five or seven pages. I mean, the procedures and whatnot can be long, right? But policies yeah. should be simple. So probably it's an opportunity given ISO. Itself has realized that they need to streamline and uh, you know make the overall standard simpler. Then I suppose you know companies can also adopt the same principle where they can make their ISMS simpler, right? So moving on, can okay, I think you already answered this question. <laughs> so after this, companies cannot go for the 2013 version certification, right? Can they? That is a quite interesting question. The answer is yes. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I the answer is yes. As of current time, uh, but there's a timeline. Uh, any organisation that wish to go with the current version of 2013, they need to complete their second stage audit before end of October this year, 2023. That that's the 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 criteria. Having said that, 2022 is much more better than 2013. Why should we certify against the standard that nearly sunset rather than uh, strategize? Uh, our organization to be certified and to have the best practices. We respect not only information security, uh, we respect to the cyber security and as well the privacy. The, the decision is not about getting the certification. The decision is about implementing the current control that is relevant uh, towards the current ecosystem. Hence, even though there's an option for organization to go for the version 2013 within this year, there's still time up until end of October this year. But I still encourage the organization to straight away uh, going for the version 2022. Uh, Hence, no need to go for any transitions. Uh. Yeah. Right. So, but what about companies that probably would have started implementation say a few months ago and they are about to go for stage one audit like now? I mean, for the 2013 version um, would you recommend them to the drawing board get the new version of the standard conduct gap assessment the 2022 version of the certification at this uh, junction the organization need to assess where are they currently they are the the policies needed the implementation already being in place and then all the collection of records already there and then they already conduct their internal audits just waiting for it to be uh, waiting for the external certification body to come in, then I would suggest for the organization to do not waste the effort or the being spent by the internal team, whereby it will affect the effort that are being spent. Hence, go to certify with version 2013 and quickly look into a transition next year, uh, which is in 2024. Then it is good for the organization to relook back their current implementation, uh, which means added another new 11 new control to be assessed as a gap, what needed from the documentation point of view, and start to implement on version 2022 uh, onwards. Uh. At the end of the day, time is the one that matters uh, as a decision point to be to be taken into uh, whether to choose version 2013 or uh, version 2022 to, to be certified. Right. That makes perfect sense. Now, I want to switch gear again and go where why most of the companies or organizations want or would like to be certified, whether it's ISO, PCI, DSS, all that, right? And to demonstrate that they have robust security in place, 
This is primarily driven by increasing regulatory requirements for third-party risk management, customers' third-party risk management requirements, due diligence, compliance, you name it. And what better method to demonstrate and provide assurance than by obtaining certifications such as ISO, right? Consequently, I also observe many organizations racing to become certified. And there are also instances in which multiple companies within the same group of companies are also required to be certified individually. I mean, this is usually due to regulatory requirements. On that note, how should companies approach this, particularly those that have centralized IT functions at the group level? Can they leverage the same controls employed at the group level? Do you need a different set of policies and procedures for each company under the same group? Is it possible to streamline the audit process, such as by conducting a single audit for the two different companies or two different certifications? I know it's a loaded question, but <laughs> I hope. Yeah, uh, multiple question. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, I, I try to capture one by one those questions. Uh, I think the one that I capture in at the first instant, the need to to show or to demonstrate a robust uh, security in place uh, by having those certifications uh, and then better method to demonstrate and how to provide assurance. Uh. From my point of view, what matters is the implementation of the best practices. Give the assurance on paper that the organization implementing the best practices. The hardest thing for any organization uh, once they are the being certified, is how to nurture, how to bring the best practices as the internal process to be implemented by everyone. It's not a, a one-time implementation for the sake of getting the certification. So across the years, I've seen this, how the organization look into developing either from the people on the competency uh, improving the processes, also investing into the technologies. So th- these are the context of the management system as overall, looking into the continual improvements. So having the certificate at the first instant demonstrate the organization already practicing the best practices as set by the requirements, which is being audited by the third party. But then, how to sustain? These are the misconceptions that happen within the industry. Getting the certification is not the end of the journey. Getting the certification is your first day of your long journey in order to sustain. Hence, there's a lot of things to be looked into, not only investing into the or technology, investing into the right people, right competency, and right process are also things to be looked into. Uh, at the end of the day, the senior management or the C-level or the decision maker look the value of the ISO 27001. Is it just a piece of paper or is it reflecting what being implemented within the organization? I think that the first question that already being, uh, uh, being, being asked by you within Within the same context, yeah, Shiva? <laughs> yep. Yeah, uh, agree, agree. And it, I always tell the same thing, Benny, to my business units that getting yep. certification is easy. Yep. Maintaining and sustaining is where the pain points are and where the yep. struggle is and where most of the organizations, um, you know, struggle to do. That, that's where we, we, we show to them the, the journey of getting the certification and then maintain with them. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I already seen when you say about the 
multiple companies within the same group uh, being certified individually. Yes, I do seen this happen within the industries. With regards, it is a regulatory requirements. With regards, it is the business direction requirements. But still, there's still an option. When the certification being issued to any entities, it being bounded by boundaries. What need to be put in within the scope, who are involved within the implementation, it plays a role. Sir. So that's where I've seen within the same uh, large organizations, uh, within few main business units or business function, they are being certified individually uh, due to the reason of different requirements uh, related towards uh, whether from it is from regulatory or business, uh, business requirement. But one thing for sure, IT function is a shared services. We can get the help from the IT group. So hence, the documentation, the implementation, it can be governed and centralized. From that respect, the one that being maintained by the business, that can be scoped in to meet the requirement of the, uh, namely the ISO 21001, the ISMS, 20,000 on the uh, ITSMS, 22,301 on BCMS and 9,000 uh, in 2KMS and also 14,000 on the environment. Having five different standard perspective, having the same team, having the same IT team, uh, having a single policy and procedures, uh, having a same coordinator team, we can save time by having having a single internal audit and a combined certification audit with the CB. At the end of the day, it can save a lot of in terms of resources and also time of people managing it instead of having five different set of teams, set of documents, set of five different internal audits and external audit being combined into a single event. And obviously, the client doing a right thing at the first instant and then they do not have any problem maintaining it and also sustain those management system moving forward uh, from that day onwards uh, when they're being certified. Right. I mean, that's interesting that you mentioned if they are all uh, from the same ISO standards, you can group them together and run. And you mentioned about this huge savings on resources, time and whatnot, which will ultimately translate into cost. Usually businesses love if there are cost savings involved, cost savings, especially yeah. for things like, you know, uh, audit certifications and so on and so forth right yeah right so half our mark i would like to switch gear and talk about the 27000 series of documents right as we know that there are plenty other documents within that 27000 family do you yeah. need them all if you intend to get the iso 27001 certification at the end of the day any organization will be certified against only for 27 1001. There's no certification for other than 001 series. So hence, what needed by the organization is 001. That's where the requirement being stated, what they need to comply with. But having said that, uh, the guidelines, code of practices within the families, 002 will be helpful for organization to acquire it, get those documents in order for them to know the how, how to implement. But uh, at the same time, when we said 002 about the how on the controls related to uh, Annex A, uh, I would like to also uh, talk about the uh, series 017 and 018. Uh, 017 and 018 are the among famous and most sought after series of uh, standard within 27,000 
uh, series which are meant for the cloud services on the 17018 meant for the uh, PII in the public cloud uh, but then those two series cannot be certified against but it can be conformance against uh, so i think this is what the industry need to know the first thing the industry uh, need to to have a certification with regards to 27001 then it can bring a value to adopt a conformance to a 017 which is on the cloud and adopt on the public cloud services then it can give a more mileage uh, to the organization when they go, go to the certification of 001 and then uh, have a better mileage uh, within within the industry right so just to recap the 27001 version of the standard is the only certifiable standard and that's a mandatory document that you have to purchase if you want to go for the certification and the how part you mentioned the 002017018 they are not mandatory i mean without purchasing them you can still go for 001 certification but yes. your recommendation is to get 002 017 and 018 because that will be greatly helpful in you know getting or assisting in your journey or in implementing ISMS and eventually getting certification right yep uh, awesome awesome so benny one last question this is the kind of questions that i ask all my guests if you had a chance to do something totally different in how industries approach the implementation of iso 27001 what would that be? <laughs> yeah um I started in this area 10 years ago. Now also, I've been thinking the same question. Uh, <laughs> okay. We speak. The first thing is the mindset shift. I would say that the implementation of this series of ISO 27001, but still getting the certification, yes, you can do a lot of things, uh, the assurance, not to comply to the requirements set by some regulators or any specific bodies. This mindset shift, it is meant to adopt the best practices we we need to have a culture a good culture to adopt the best practices to secure uh, the information within the organization so the, this is the the very important fundamental then then uh, having this kind of culture the organization won't won't have a, a problem to to implement uh, on the iso 27001 apart from that awareness and involvement from all levels uh, with regards to the uh, c level uh, senior management mid management even including the staff and other leadership teams take a key success factor in the implementation these are the thing that happen within the industries uh, as we speak already being certified but yet why there still a cybersecurity incidents uh? so it's not about getting the paper it's about getting the uh, the support then this is how we need to spend adoption of technology throughout the implementation this obviously would reduce a thick policy on the implementation maximum of five pages the process can be automated the process can be adopt within the automation of a system the automation the ai to reduce the, the mundane thing uh, instead mm-hmm. people can focus into a critical decisions when conducting or doing the implementation mindset has always been an issue and it continues to be an issue and i think it will continue to be an issue 
right? <laughs> um, because it's all about change management and whatnot. Um, Benny, really, I, I, I truly enjoyed uh, 40 minutes ago, my knowledge on ISO 27001 and all the building blocks with regards to getting the certification, all the supporting documents and whatnot was lower somewhere there. And I must admit that now I'm a bit more enlightened. Uh, I I know the requirements. I understand better. I know how to differentiate 2022 versus 2013. And I hope our listeners will also have plenty of key takeaways. I would like to thank you for coming on to the show. And I hope that, you know, we can have another session seems like you are having a good time uh, sharing your knowledge experience and all that with regards to ISMS and I'm very sure that we can deep dive into certain aspect of ISO 27001 or ISMS and talk about that or even a particular version of the standard right whether it is 002 017 018 yeah so there's so many potentials that you know you can expand this further Benny so yeah thank you so much Benny hope to speak with you again yes absolutely Tiva an honor that you you invited uh, me to have this uh, sharing with you. I would love if given the chance to speak again with you on what, what we talked about tonight. <laughs> yeah, hey, the, pleasure. You know, the pleasure is all mine.